Hey, welcome to the Sermonary Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Taylor, and I'm here with my guest, Pastor Ed Litton. And uh, Ed is a pastor here at Redemption Church in Mobile, Alabama. In fact, uh, he and I are both kind of dealing with a hurricane that's on its way. Uh, so this might be a quick interview. Uh, but pa- uh, Pastor Ed has been, you've been at Redemption for 30 years or almost 30 years? No, no, no. Uh, well, close. 26 years. 26 years. Time. So coming up on 30 years, right. which is an extremely long tenure for a pastor at a church yeah. these days. I think the average is, I think they're doing well if they stay at a church for 10 years. Um, so that, There's a lot uh, of people I went to college and seminary with that are shocked I, st- I lasted 26 weeks. So <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, the South is such a different place to do ministry in. And I know that you've done ministry in Arizona and different parts of the world or different parts of the country. And, uh, and what I love about what Redemption has done, and my wife and I have been a part of Redemption for the past two years, and have really enjoyed it sitting under your preaching, uh, one of the things that astounds me that that is really going to be the major part of our conversation today is that every single Sunday, you consistently deliver a hard-hitting message, a uh, a message that is is quality. It's, it doesn't, you know, if you write it on Saturday night, it doesn't feel like it. Uh, it feels like it's things that you've been wrestling with for weeks and maybe even months and uh, doesn't, doesn't have a last-minute feel. And I think a lot of us as pastors, we get caught up in balancing ministry and preaching. Uh, and But at Redemption, you guys have, have accomplished so much. Not, not only is it uh, a church that's doing a lot of effective ministry in the Mobile area, but you guys are doing ministry around the world. I mean, you're literally planting churches. And uh, I think Sunday you said there's five church plants that you guys have going in Vegas, five planters that are there in Vegas. You guys have um, plants around the world. I love what you said. Um, that the you dream for a day where the sun will never shine or never set on Redemption Church. And uh, because you want to have churches uh, that you guys have have been able to plant around the world. Uh, So there's a lot you guys are doing. Go ahead. Yeah, well, it's exciting for me, uh, uh, Josh, is that I will, uh, once a month, beginning of each month, I have a meeting, uh, a Zoom meeting with all of our personnel, all of our missionaries around the world, Literally, some of them should be in bed. Others are just getting up. And uh, plus our church planners. And it is just an amazing moment to hear what God's doing through Redemption Church. It, it really is. And, and, and one of the great things uh, about it is under your leadership, you're able to uh, mobilize a team of people. And uh, some of these are young folks. I mean, uh, men and women who haven't been in ministry that long. Yet their leadership ability and the things that they are, are accomplishing, I mean, they're high capacity, they seem to be high capacity people. And so through your leadership, your ministry, and your preaching, I just see redemption doing a lot of great things. And obviously, the Holy Spirit is just at work uh, in and through there. So I would love to talk about, uh, we're going to try to do two parts. So we're going to have this episode today, and then hopefully the next episode uh, with you. But today's episode, I would love to talk about your preaching preparation, because I saw that you were on a trip sponsored by a major ministry here in the country uh, that was for pastors, and you were able to take a pretty unique opportunity to be gone for almost a week. Right. 
in South Dakota, and then you still showed up on Sunday and preached a quality message. And I just assumed, because I, I follow you on social media, I just assumed you weren't going to be preaching Sunday uh, because you've been gone all week. I was like, well, one of his other guys who are quality, which is what we're going to be talking about in the next episode is your preaching team. Uh, but I was just assuming Taylor or somebody was going to be preaching. And to see you show up Sunday morning and deliver the message that you did, there, there's... Um, there's an opportunity that you were able to do that I think a lot of pastors would love to be able to do, but we haven't quite figured out how to do it. Um, how do you, uh, how did you approach specifically that week or just over the years, what have you learned in sermon preparation to give you the freedom to take those opportunities? I appreciate that. It, you know, one of the things that I learned uh, like everybody over time is that you you know, Sunday always cometh. It's, it's always bearing down. So you have to accept that you have to buy and, and start to plan your life around it. Uh, but that particular week I had actually, because uh, of COVID, we started filming our online services on Thursday night. So when that was the week prior, when that was over the next morning, I'm, I'm in my study going again, because I knew I had this trip coming. Now, I typically do that to some degree. I, I'm reading stuff. I'm listening to stuff. I'm looking at the text, breaking it down. And, and so that's usually on Friday, Saturday, a little bit on Sunday. Monday is my day. I'm really getting down, getting ready for our team meeting. We, we meet on uh, Monday afternoon. And all the members of that preaching team, which we'll talk about later, they come together. They have been studying the same text and we work on it. Now, actually, the interesting thing was that's become so helpful uh, for me is that I got an email Monday evening from the preaching team. They went over the text without me and, you know, which was awesome. This is what we did. And I said, all right, I need to know. And here's where I'm thinking I, in a letter. And I just said, you guys tear it apart. Tell me, tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me what you think is best in language. We talk about language. We talk about tone, all those things, cause they're all younger. And, and so, uh, so that week, actually, I had a little bit of studying to do in between killing pheasants and taking pictures, which are two hobbies that I adore. And um, it was very refreshing for me to be outdoors as usual. If I could live out there, I would. Um, outdoors, that is. Um, and so I think um, uh, that, that basically is how it wound down. The interesting thing is I flew back in, uh, got into Mobile at about 5.30 Friday evening, and we delayed the filming for that online service that to Friday. And so I, I literally walked to the church and filmed it. Wow. So, uh, so kind of what you've been doing through COVID is you've been having your sermon completely done by Thursday to oh, be yeah. able to preach, uh, to be able to record it before right. you actually preach it live because we've been meeting in person for the last few weeks, right. you're preaching live on Sundays now. So uh, that's, uh, I think, a feat in itself is to, you know, I think most pastors would think, man, I love to, get, I would love to have my sermon done by Thursday so I can have my weekends back. Well, and it's interesting too, because when I started out, I was a church planter and I had no preparation whatsoever. I took preaching classes, but I had no preparation of the rigors of, preparing for a sermon. And, and at those days, in those days, I was preparing three sermons a week. And uh, typically my Sunday morning sermon didn't get finished until Saturday. And I was having a nervous breakdown every week. And, you know, you read stories about Spurgeon that he stayed up all night, you know, well, that's because he's a genius and I'm not a genius. And so, uh, and, 
so basically I had to discipline myself and change my mindset, my schedule, uh, that, uh, Monday morning I'm at it, uh, getting ready for next week. Uh, yeah. And a lot of times, even on Sunday night, I'm thinking along those terms, uh, you learn to think sermonically and, and you, and what's interesting is that's where a lot of illustrative material comes from throughout the week, you know, and I don't know if I used any, uh, pheasant hunting sermon, uh, illustrations. I don't think I did, but, but it, it would be so typical of something happening on that trip that, or something that I learned hanging out with other preachers that would definitely be part of the fill in for that sermon. Yeah. So, uh, so, so the, so part of it is you just begin to look through, you know, each day of the week is, you know, this, the God is speaking to me for, for Sunday. And right. so circumstances that happen, situations that happen, conversations you have happen. You and I were talking before we started recording that even when we're counseling people during the week, it's hard to not let that affect what we put into our sermons. Right. Um, yeah. Because you don't want them thinking that you're telling the congregation what they're doing or what, what their struggle is. Um, so you have to be careful but yes, there, you'll get insights and counseling that you, you're going, hey, that applies to my message. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times in a counseling session, I'll say, you know, that's, this is what I'm preaching on Sunday. Yeah. Because I'll tell them, when I talk about this, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> this is already what I had planned to preach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that helps. But, yeah. but the, the reality is, um, I, I used to sit and marvel at, at one of, I had a, preaching professor that I adored. I took every class he taught at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, and was a brilliant man. Uh, He was a brilliant communicator. And uh, I I just, when I would listen to him, I think I'll never be able to do this. I I just don't have the bandwidth for this. And yet uh, he, he just encouraged me. He said, no, you, once you get into the cycle of this, you will, you'll figure out a rhythm that works for you. Now, COVID did change that for me. Right. And well, actually, I, it's helped me in my discipline to do things earlier and do do more and think think about two sermons at once. So, so, so what does that look like for you? Let's take how COVID has changed it, uh, because it is a system that uh, you feel like is probably working better for you because it's made you more disciplined. What what is that kind of walk us through? What does a typical week in sermon prep look for you? Uh, on average, do you know or do you can you kind of figure? how much time you spend in sermon prep. I know that there's a lot of pastors, you know, that probably spend way more time than they should in sermon right. prep. And there's, there's some that probably don't spend enough time. Right. Now you can, you can do both. And I have done both. Um, and, and it's become agonizing. Uh, the other thing too, I would say that has to be thrown into this. And I think you also are going to talk about this either in this, this one or the next one, but you have to plan your preaching. Uh, you have to, the best way not to get up on a Monday morning and go, what the, you know, am I going to preach Sunday uh, is to have a structured plan. That's why expositional preaching is so important and uh, to go verse by verse or go passage by passage. Uh, and, and we're in the middle of a Roman series right now, about to wrap that up, have two more sermons left in that. And so as we do that, um, we knew a year ago where we would be. And, yeah. and I've even done three years out of planning. Not, and, and please don't get the impression I'm a great planner. That's not my nature. None of this, frankly, the disciplines are none of that is my nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a shoot from the hip type of guy. But, but what has helped me is I made a commitment early on that I would not repeat my preaching, that, that I would preach. And, and, and I'm going to tell you one of the most affirming things in my life 
a few years ago on one of our anniversaries, uh, one of the men who was on the pulpit committee has a, he, he has a Bible that is written in. And, and he said, Pastor, um, no one else may know this, but I know you've preached on Ephesians three times. And he said, but what's amazing is you've never repeated yourself. That's good. That's really good. And, and, and I think that's such a great point because planning your preaching is something that at seminary and with our sister company, Ministry Pass, we harp on a lot is, is preaching or planning out your preaching. That's why we, we put together sermon calendars right. every year. We, we put out six on, on the Ministry Pass side this year. The objection that we often hear is it you know, quenches the Holy Spirit, which I know you probably even knew where I was going. Right. What what would you say to that objection? If you're planning three three years out, what would you say to the objection of where does the Holy Spirit work into that? Well, how does it quench the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I mean, you'd have to explain that to me because that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit uh, doesn't uh, need my planning, uh, but he uses my planning. Uh, so anytime I'm engaging the text, I'm engaging the Holy Spirit because what Jesus said, he would lead us into all truth. So as I'm looking at this, I'm depending upon him. I hope you pray before you prepare. Holy Spirit, man, I've got this going on. My kids are yelling. My wife and I are fighting, and I got to get this thing done. And, you know, there's no peace or whatever, and I've got bills to pay. And, and so you, you've got to have that focus that comes from that the Holy Spirit helps you with. So it doesn't grieve or quench him. I think That's- what grieves quenches them or a host of other things. That's a, that's but, such a good point that you made is, you know, if, if, if you assuming it's taking the Holy spirit out of it, then it may be that the Holy spirit doesn't have a big part of your planning as it is. And that needs to change. That needs to change. I think what happens is we have a romanticized view. Even you asked me the question a moment ago, which I didn't answer. Um, and, and I'll try now, but how many hours do I spend? Why does it matter? It matters because you need to know the text. Yeah. Uh, but there are some texts I promise you are like swimming through jello. And there mm-hmm. are some texts, man, I'm just, and, and let me say this too. There are times in this study that I'm in right here in my home, I will just sense the Holy Spirit has just said, you know what, I'm going to give you a break this week. Here it is, dummy. It's just, and I go, whoa, that is so awesome. You know, and I have a, a rich time there. Um, and there are other times it is pulling teeth mm. uh, with a pair of pliers. And it's just, you're, it's, it's agonizing. And, and so that help that helps. But, but one of the things I want to throw in, in here real quick, and I'm, I know I can be all over the board, but your quiet time is critical to your sermon preparation. And I, I would say, I would ask the question, how much time are you spending worshiping him in his presence, letting the word, most of the texts I use in a sermon to support what I'm preaching, whatever the text I'm coming from, will come out of my quiet time. That That's good. Um, it'll be the spirit. Here we go. The spirit validating. Hey, this son, this son, this is where I've been leading you in this, and and boom, insight will will come from that. And so that's that's part of it. But listen, we breathe. We have to breathe the Holy Spirit. So the number of hours. I to be very honest, I used to lie. I used to tell people, you know, 24, 24 hours of sermon, you know. Uh, if you're, you can, you can spend too much time. You're dorking around doing something else with your head, but, but I actual, and by the way, let me say this too. When you're younger, it's going to take longer, right? The older you get, and it's not that you're pulling up old stuff, but there is a resource of material. Um, and, and there's connectivity there that, that will come. Uh, but I would say eight 
to 10 hours average, eight to 10 hours. And not all of that is some that's exegetical work, getting in the dirt. Some of it is organizing the thought. And the other thing too is, you know, creativity, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very challenging and very, very, for a lot of people, you don't think of yourself as creative. Right. I am a creative, but, but I have to be careful with my creativity. I have to, you know, there's some lines I don't want to cross and there's, but at the same time I have freedom. Yeah. It's interesting. I preached a sermon recently where I opened up this, I think this, this may have been the one you were talking about. Um, but I opened it with a story of a Roman soldier mm-hmm. that, that I made up. And uh, what I took is some ideas that I know are true. And he encounters this boy outside of Nazareth and the boy, uh, he's with a gaggle of Jewish boys. And when they see that he's a Roman, they start throwing rocks at him, but not this kid. And he wants to get one of them to carry his backpack one mile because he could do that. That's the rule of the Roman road. Wow. And um, this one kid volunteered. He talks, asks him questions about himself, was interested in his life, talked to him about God. They're on this trip and he goes to the first mile marker. He thinks he's going to drop his backpack and the kid doesn't. He keeps walking. He goes the second mile, third mile, fourth mile, fifth mile. Finally, the guy stops and says, go home. Anyway, he's, he, it makes an impression on this young Roman soldier. 20 years later, he's a centurion. And they, he, gets, he gets a note that he has to go do an execution, goes up there. And, he's, and I talked about his eyes. He sees something in his eyes and he sees a smile on his face. Believe it or not, even while he's being executed. And it, it, it stirs that memory and he begins to consider it. And then he says, obviously, this was the son of God. So mm. that was an introduction uh, tool. Yeah. Sorry. I went well, that, and that sounds like, sounds like somebody needs to buy the movie rights to that. And uh, I mean, because it would make a, a great one. But a couple, of, a couple of problems that I think you hit on that pastors probably need to address. The first one is, back in the day, you were preaching three sermons a week. And that is, uh, I, I think, an expectation that is that has come from traditional uh, church is you've got your Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night sermons, and pastors probably need to figure out a way to adjust that to one sermon that they can focus on on a Sunday and figure out what to do with those other things. Um, and, and the answer is different depending on the pastor and the church. Um, but also, you know, creativity hits at different times. And I think that there's a lot of pastors that are working office hours from eight to four, nine to five or whatever it is. And creativity often doesn't hit during those hours. My creativity happens at night or early in the morning. And we need to give ourselves the pressure to, to make some flexibility and freedom in our week to, to let, uh, let those, uh, the creative uh, things happen, the way that our brain is wired, the way that God has wired our brain. I work best early in the morning. If I can get up early in the morning, I will get more done before nine o'clock than I do the rest of the day. Um, because that's the way that God has wired my brain to work. And that's where creativity comes in. So we need to give ourselves the freedom and flexibility to during the week to do that, which is probably another conversation that pastors need to have with their leadership as well. Well, let me say, say this. To, you're right, and 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 I think um, you, you do. You need to you need to whatever your structure is, whoever you're having to deal with, the personalities, temperament, and history, and all that stuff. It's part of leadership, but you do need to start that process. Uh, I, I want to say too. I think creativity comes in relaxed moments. I think I think when you can relax and and laugh and have a good 
time you will see things more joyfully. You'll see things differently and you'll feel there's a balance in your life. Um, I love, I, I, for some reason, God gave me a brain that's like sticky flypaper uh, when it comes to insignificant, trivial things. I mean, statistics, data, I cannot, I cannot for the life of me pass algebra as a senior in high school, but I remember stuff. And, and my wife says, she, she used to say, you have more useless crap in your head than any man I've ever met. Wife and, says the same uh, thing to me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going, well, you know, it's, it's all these years of illustrating things mm -hmm. and, and for whatever reason it sticks, which is a really important thing about creativity. Um, Howard Hendricks actually wrote a book on creativity and preaching. And he says the best way to tell a story, and I am a storyteller. And, uh, and I can, I learned that from a father who was never trained, but was one of the best storytellers I've ever met in my life, because he lived these stories. Um, he was kind of a Forrest Gump kind of person, not mentally, but he was, he was, he had an amazing life. Um, and, and so he had plenty of stories, but I learned something about stories. Howard Hendricks says, picture the story in your mind. This takes time. Silent reflection. Think of what you want to tell the story of, and then just relive it, describe it as you relive it. Mm. And so good. you're, you're simply looking at an audience saying this guy, and I told the story about this guy, I, cause I had imagined how he left Caesarea Maritima, went over to the Sea of Galilee, was coming up by Nazareth. I've been to all those places. So that's yeah. good. That's really good. Well, uh, well, I, I really appreciate it. And I, and I look forward to the next conversation that we have about preaching teams, because I think that the, the two pair well together in helping pastors um, improve their sermon prep time, but also give themselves more flexibility and freedom to balance ministry, to balance their family life, to take their weekends back. Um, you know, I know too many pastors whose kids sacrifice time with them on the weekend because they're still doing sermon prep, uh, getting ready for Sunday. And, um, and I think that there's a discipline in making yourself get done on a specific day. And maybe it is, you know, even if you're not recording sermons on Thursdays, Maybe it is something like, you know, what, I'm going every Thursday night or Thursday evening before I go home, I'm going to record myself preaching the sermon just so that I can go back and review it before I step on the stage Sunday. Hey, let me, let me say something, too. I, I have pictures of me on family vacation, camping, studying. Hmm. That's stupid. Yeah. And because I don't want to give the wrong impression. Honestly, in 2020, my plan was to preach less. Now, right now, I'm still preaching over. 40, probably 45 sermons a year. That's too much with the team I've got. I've got a great team of young preachers. And, and so we, we really redirected ourselves because of COVID. And we felt like the church, both campuses needed one voice. Mm -hmm. And, and so uh, otherwise my plan for 21 is to preach less. Yeah. And I want to say this, my wife tells me this is true. She goes, you are fresher when you're not up every Sunday. Hmm. And it's absolutely true. Yeah, it, it stands to reason. So anyway, we can talk about that. Yeah, that's a great segue into uh, into the next episode. We're going to be talking about putting together a preaching team and why that's important, uh, not only for the pastor and his health and ministry, but also why it's important for uh, younger pastors and, and the opportunities that they get. So that's a great segue into that. So uh, Pastor Ed, thank you so much for being on the podcast Thanks, today and uh, looking forward to part B of the conversation when it comes to uh, creating a preaching team. 